Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. episode number 172, Ignoring the Sexual Side of Yourself Increases Resentment. Ooh, not a fun one, right? So I think this is something that a lot of my clients really struggle with when they come to me, right? When they are like, hey, my desire for intimacy is low. My husband's is high. We are not on the the same page when it comes to the frequency of intimacy. And a lot of times they think, you know, I'm just not like that. I am not that sexual of a being. I'm just not very sexual. I don't have that desire. I'm, you know, we're just so different when it comes to that. And a lot of times because their desire is not the same as their husband's, they think that there is something wrong with them or that maybe there is a hormonal imbalance, like it's too low and that maybe they need to get their hormones checked. Or it could be that they also think they're not supposed to be a sexual person um, for whatever reason they might be thinking that. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's the culture they were raised in, um, some of their values. And while some of those things may have served great purpose while they were young and in their youth, their teenage years, to prevent a lot of negative things from happening, a lot of unwanted pregnancies or STDs, now that they're married and they're a mature adult, they don't know what to think about it. They haven't spent the time crossing that bridge from having those thoughts in place as a youth to what they're supposed to think now that they're an adult, especially when it comes to their desires for sex. And so a lot of times because they don't know what to do, they haven't been taught what to do, they haven't been shown what to do. A lot of times, you know what they'll do? Nothing, right? They will just ignore that side of themselves. They'll pretend it doesn't exist or they don't know how to tune into it in a way that's healthy and aligned with their beliefs and their values. And so a lot of times they just end up ignoring the sexual side of themselves. So I just wanted to take one moment to talk about the sexual side of ourselves just from a hormonal and biological makeup. And I know I've talked about this in another podcast, and I'll probably always be bringing up these numbers. When it comes to testosterone, like that hormone that drives our desire for sex, Men and women are on opposite ends of this. And I think this is so important to know from a biological level, because a lot of times we just think, oh, they're well, men are made to have a higher drive, right? They're just made that way. But 
we sometimes accompany that with our judgments about that as well. We don't mean to do it, but we do. So let's just talk about the numbers for a second. When it comes to to testosterone, women fall in the category of anywhere between one and about 80. Um, However, they measure that decigrams. I can't remember right now. And so think about that number. It's under 100. Women who go over 100 have a medical condition. Always. Always. They have another, they have a medical condition that causes another set of issues if they are over 100. So for most women, we are going to fall under in the category of having a testosterone level in the range of going up to 80. And that, you know what, is normal. That is not considered low testosterone for women. That's considered normal. Normal for women. The reason we start saying it's low is because we are comparing it to the men's numbers, which of course are higher and that is normal for them. So for men, if we look at their testosterone levels, Usually, it's in the category of 800 to 1,200. That's normal for them. When they start to fall below 800, it's usually for a health reason. It could be that they are getting older in age and maybe other medical conditions are coming into play. So it starts to drop that. Um but it's normal for men to be anywhere between 800 and 1,200. That's normal for men. It's not abnormal. Theirs isn't like overly high. That's normal for men. If we look at the extremes of these two numbers, yeah. No wonder we're having an issue with libido not being matched. It's not going to be matched ever. From a biological point of view, it's never going to be matched. So we really need to start to accept this. And instead of saying, oh, like, I'm just going to ignore the sexual side of myself because it's never going to be the same as my husband's. That's right. But that doesn't mean we ignore it. It's not meant to be the same. The goal is not to get our sex drive to be the same as our husband's. And the goal is not to get our husband's sex drive to be the same as ours. Because from a biological point of view, that's impossible. We can't do that. We're made totally different when it comes to that. So what I what is a better option and what I'd like to offer to everyone listening is that we stop trying to make our spouse be more like us and just increase our understanding of what we're supposed to be and what's normal and what our spouse is supposed to be and what's normal. And then what do we do with two differing normals? What do we do with that? And we look at our own for the women and say, well, what can I do with what's normal for me? If I don't really feel that sex drive which is not really a drive for women because look at the numbers, right? It's we need something that draws us closer to our husband, draws us into him without the biology, 
right? So that's going to be happening mentally and emotionally. We need to look at those components way more than just like, hey, I'm not like that. I'm not like my husband. I'm never going to be that way. So I'm just going to ignore this side of myself. Let's look at that side of ourselves and say, you know what? What can I do with what I've got? How can I make this the best that it can be for me? Not for my spouse. Obviously, he'll get some benefit. But what can I do with the sexual side of myself to enhance it in a way that feels authentic and meaningful for me? So before we dive into that, I want to just uh, point out that if you and your spouse have not had sex for six months, I want you to know that's probably not a biological or health issue unless it is directly related to health. That is a sign that there is something happening within the relationship mentally and and, or emotionally. Okay, so I want you to just keep that number in mind that if you haven't had sex for six months, it's time to start taking a deeper look at what's going on and say, you know what, maybe it's time to address some of these things. A lot of times when couples come to me, they have never talked about sex. This means like 30 years they haven't talked about this, right? It's it's challenging. It is challenging. We have very little guidelines. There are very few guidebooks out there on how to do this, on how to navigate it in a way that is aligned with our beliefs. And in a way that we feel like we could have confidence in doing it that way moving forward. So I want you to just keep that number in mind. And if you're getting close to that six-month mark, it's it's time to take a look at it. It is the time. You don't need to wonder if it's time. It is the time. So really think about that. If you are having sex simply out of duty or to be the good wife, and you're miserable doing it, that is one set of issues. That's one set of problems and challenges, right? And if you're not having sex and you're ignoring the sexual side of your relationship in the marriage, well, that's a whole nother set of problems and challenges. And that's also going to lead to loneliness, feelings of neglect, and emotional disconnection. Actually, having sex out of duty can also lead to those same consequences, right? So having sex can lead to negative consequences and not having sex can also lead to negative consequences. It's not like one of those is better where they both suck, (laughs) right? Like, let's be real. They both suck. So let's do something about that. Okay, let's talk about what it means to actually ignore the sexual side of ourselves. What what happens? What does it mean when we're ignoring that we do have a sexual side? Women, we do have a biology to be sexual. What happens when we ignore it? Okay, so ignore means to refuse to take notice of something or to acknowledge it. If we ignore the side of ourselves, we are refusing to acknowledge that this part of ourselves actually exists. Think about that. I think we all know deep down that this part of ourselves does exist, but we're ignoring it. We're refusing to take notice. That means our attention, 
We're refusing to pay attention and put our attention on this side of ourselves. And we we do this for 40 years because nobody has told us how to do that or given us permission. We think we need permission or that we don't have permission, right? If you're an adult, you have permission. That is part of being an adult is being able to experience the sexual side of who you are in a committed relationship. That's part of marriage. It's not the only part. It's not the most meaningful part. It is part of it. But when we ignore it, then we're ignoring also a a meaningful part of our marriage and our relationship. Okay, ignore also means to disregard something intentionally, right? When we're ignoring something, we know we're doing it. We know we're ignoring something because we we have to make the decision to ignore. So what's our reason for ignoring and disregarding with intention the sexual part of ourselves? Why are we doing this? It'd be good to really go a level deeper, dig deeper and say, why am I ignoring this? Am I afraid? What am I afraid of? Do I have a fear? And challenge yourself to come up with that answer. Don't just say, I don't know. When clients, when I start to work with clients, we eliminate the I don't know completely. We don't allow it. Your brain knows why you're ignoring something challenge it to give you the actual answer. Okay, to ignore means to fail to consider something that is significant. I think a lot of times when I get clients, they want to downplay the sexual side of themselves and say, it doesn't matter. This is, you know, if I pay attention to sex, then that is crossing into the realm of things that are immoral, When you're married, most things that were considered immoral are not considered immoral, right? It's It was considered immoral outside of marriage, not inside of marriage. So when we have thoughts like that that come up, we really need to start challenging them. And instead of brushing the sexual side of ourselves and the relationship off and saying it's not significant, we need to say, actually, this is significant because... This is like part of the bridge and part of what's included in marriage is the sexual component. And if we are ignoring it, maybe our maturity level needs to start to go up to say, you know what? I am a mature adult. I'm an adult now. Now is the time because I'm not 10 to start to address the sexual side of the relationship. So we actually need to just rethink that a little bit, right? And say, you know what? This is significant and it is time. I'm an adult. This is the perfect time to to address this. And then the final definition of the word ignore is to reject as ungrounded. Like there's no reason to address the sexual side of myself. There's no reason. There's nothing good that can come out of it. It's not important enough Um, There's no foundational reason for me to spend time and effort into exploring this. Now, if we ignore a certain part of ourselves, it is going to have a ripple out effect, especially for women, because we connect things. All of the parts of ourselves are very much interconnected and interwoven. So when we put this on the back burner and we pretend it doesn't matter, It is mattering and it is affecting other aspects of our lives. 
even though we may not be consciously aware of it. And so what actually ends up happening is that when we ignore the sexual side of ourselves and we never address it, we never face it and say, you know what, it's time to take a look at this, things get worse. And not just in the area of sex, but in all the areas, even if it's a slow drip effect, it will all get worse. So being able to spend time looking at this and say, you know, now's the time to address it. It's going to help all of those things get better. And when we ignore this side of ourselves, uh, resentment towards our spouse will go up because we're going to, of course, we're going to blame our spouse for the problems. And so all of their efforts, any interactions they or advances they have towards us sexually, we're going to resent all of them. Now, if we are ignoring the sexual side of ourselves, intentionally, we know it, we're avoiding it. It usually means that there is something left undone there. There is something unsettled. There is something unresolved, unhealed, not known, right? Okay, well, we can, we can handle that. We can do something about that. That's not unsolvable. This is totally solvable. <laughs> we can work on this. This is awesome. This is great news. We can do something about it. This is great. Okay, so what do we do? Number one, make a decision that now, right now, as a mature adult, now is the time that you will start to heal that you will start to mend, that you will start to resolve the thing that you've been ignoring and that you will restore it in a way that is authentic and aligned with your values. Now's the time to do it. If you don't do it when you're married and when you're an adult, when do you ever do it? Do you really want to live your entire married life with this unresolved? Probably not. That's going to be miserable. Why allow a problem that you've already had for however many years, four years, eight years, why allow the same problem to continue for 40 years? Does that sound fun? No. Why not say, you know what, I want to resolve this so that it's not a problem for 40 years. <laughs> Let's take care of this now so we can enjoy the next 40 years and not have the same old problem. That feels so miserable. Number two, I want you to get out a piece of paper and I want you to make three columns. Column one is write down your challenges, your thoughts, your negative thoughts about sex itself. That's the first column. The second column is write down the issues that you have with the sexual side of yourself. And then the third column, write down the negative thoughts and the issues that you have with the sexual side of your spouse. I want you to make the distinction between those three categories for yourself so that you can have that insight, that awareness of how you are thinking. And I want you to divide them into those three sections so that you're like, wow, okay, I didn't really realize I, I have issues in all three of these areas, including the sexual side of myself. It's its own issue. And then this is where some hardcore coaching comes in. I want you to challenge 
those things that you wrote down and say, what if I'm wrong about these? What if I'm wrong? What if you write down having a sexual side of myself is, you know, it doesn't, I'm not supposed to have a sexual side. What if you're wrong about that? I really want you to dive deep into this question. What if I'm wrong about those things that you wrote down? Allow your brain to really go on that challenge. Your brain will like it. You may feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you'll survive that uncomfortableness, <laughs> right? Because you're just going to be sitting down in your house or in your car writing this stuff down. Nothing's going to happen to you. It's totally a safe space to be able to do that. But challenge your brain, challenge yourself to dig a little deeper and really say, what if I'm wrong about these things? Because if you are, which most of us are wrong 98% of the time, whoa, what does that really mean? What does that mean for you? <gasps> what would life be like if you stopped thinking that all those things on your list were correct and you started opening up your mind to say, wow, there's a whole new world that I've never explored that's totally aligned with my beliefs and my values and still includes a, sex a sexy side of myself. What if those two things are combined in a beautiful, healthy, positive way? What would marriage be like in that realm? Ooh, now that's fun. That is a fun place to be. And I really want you to get there. I really hope that you can get there. Now, if you need any help with this, please get in contact with me. Let's do some coaching. Let's work through this. It doesn't take a lot. Most of my clients, when they come to me, I say six sessions. That's the minimum. And then they usually want one, probably two to three more. And then that's it. The amount, the degree of success with just that little of coaching sessions is significant. It's amazing. And to watch the relief and the enjoyment that comes to them is so worth it. And they know it's worth it. And I want you to know that it's worth it. So get on my website, shelly.andersoncoaching.com and sign up for some sessions with me. It will be so worth it. And so get on the board, get on the train this week and do those three things. Decide that now's the time you're going to do it. Get a paper and do those three columns. And then ask yourself the challenging question, what if I'm wrong about these things? Okay, do that for yourself this week. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you will restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you will join me again next week.